Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, Long Way From Home, Part 3, Going Bush. Previously, our investigators finally meet up and form a group. Each goes about their own business to learn about the mysteries that brought them here. Orson learns that the meteors, it seems, have been falling in a concentrated region in the Mindeley Station. Louis, when asking about the Devil's Sheep, still has no luck finding someone who knows about it. Lastly, Henry got caught up in an interesting conversation with a mad hobo named Ari Jeppard and learned that there is more to the Yudnamutna mine than anyone previously thought. And welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. This is A Long Way From Home, Part 3. It is 6.30 in the morning exactly. You are all awoken by the violent shaking of the ground underneath your beds. Out of curiosity, since almost all of you are New Englanders, have any of you been in an an earthquake before in-game? I'm going to say no for Chuck. I'm going to make a luck roll, because I don't know. I'm going to say yes for Louie. Okay, so I, I failed my luck roll. Does that mean I have or haven't been? Haven't. Okay, I have not. I uh, I think I just rolled a ninety-nine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! Definitely, that, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know You're if that's rattled, yes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, the ground just starts shaking back and forth. Dust is coming from the walls. Your luggage is falling over. The bed sliding. There's just deep rumble in the earth, and then it ends. And then rumbling comes back again briefly, and it continues like that for a little bit until about half an hour later, and everything is still again. Uh, I'm going to, uh, like, burst out of the door and just, like, I'm just going to be like, what was that? Just yelling in, a gen- in the general vicinity. Uh, Orson, uh, since you're... In uh, his room, he he just kind of he wakes up. Uh, well, I'm I'm assuming he's already awake from the earthquake. Uh, but he's like, "Shh, that was loud enough." Travis, only mildly disturbed from the uh, from the earthquake, uh, just uh, kind of snores a little bit louder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Louis kind of grabs his camera and moves it to the center of the room where nothing can fall on it. <laughs> Henry probably just um, just like stumbles out of the room, just like really tired, groggy. Mm-hmm. 
you will notice that uh, what's her face? Kathleen is already uh, busy again, retidying up things a little bit. She notices you and oh, uh, breakfast will be um, in about an hour or so. Dorothy and I still have to cook it. Apologies about the earthquake. I, th- I feel like I warned you, but if I didn't, I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, um, wasn't really um, anticipating that one. Does that happen often? Every day. Every day at 6.30. On the the dot. On the dot. 6.30. We all said our watches buy it. Huh. That's, uh, that's, that's real interesting. Uh, and Henry's just gonna, like, turn around and go tidy up his room. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna go, like, back to bed and just be like, one hell of a wake-up, I guess. So, um, about an hour or so passes, the rest of you enter into the the main room of the guest house, and both Kathleen and Dorothy arrive um, with pans from their uh, own homes, they lay out plates on the table, and uh, you have a hearty breakfast of bacon, eggs, and very, very freshly baked bread. Yum. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. I just I just remembered something. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And I said, wow. do you come from a land down under? Wow. Oh. It had to be done, but wow. My everything hurts. I've never felt more aggressively American. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is really good bread. You eat your breakfast. Uh, You gather your things. What are you going to do? Did did we ever uh, figure out how we're going to get to the the Uta mine and the spa? That's no, a good I'm... question. Um, I, I know that um, my uh, uh, the, the the man I talked to about uh, uh, about the devil sheep seemed like he could at least take us. Um, he could take us to the station, so uh, he can get us to Mendeley. Uh, we can, so we can talk to him and see, you know, what else he might recommend. No shit. That sounds like a like a solid plan. Uh, um, I'd have to agree. Yeah. Good work there. All right. Well, uh, we can go talk to uh, 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 talk to my good friend at the at the cattle yards, Mister Madwu, Ahmed. Ahmed. Oh, I'm sorry. That that sounds like a good plan, Drewy. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna. I feel. Do I have to write my name down for you? By the way, I feel like I feel like at this point it's just it's just on purpose. Honestly, I I have no idea what you mean. You, okay, is that not your name? It, it's 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 Louis. Louis my name. Oh, okay. Louis, I'm so sorry. The my memory's not very good as you've probably noticed. Oh, of course, no problem. All right. I I'll, try. Him... <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep that in mind. Uh, the name was Louis um McBeringer. McBeringer. How do you do that? How do you get McBeringer out of Alistair? I, uh, it's it, it's uh, it works in mysterious ways. I I, I apologize. Uh, anyway, y- your your plan, uh, it sounds like a good one. I, thank you, thank you, Tom. Uh, no problem, Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> I make a mental note. 
that if I credit this man in any newspaper article, I'm going to be spelling his name wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So the rest of you grab your stuff and you make your way to the cattle yards. Orson, you remember passing them on your way into town as they're right by the um, by the train station. And uh, the, the aroma in the air is um, very heavy with the smell of fresh bread mixed with some dust and dirt and all that stuff. Um, but you arrive at the cattle yards and out there, out in the yard, are the two woos, Ahmed and the shorter, younger man. They're doing their chore and it appears. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Alistair, it seems like you're the one who... Uh knows these uh these gentlemen the most uh yep uh and oh boy am i quite the talker i'm gonna kind of walk up to him and just be like uh hey uh uh it's me again it's your buddy louie hi hi good morning uh yep good morning um hey uh you said you could take us to mendeley uh could you take us to uh, other destinations, perhaps, as well? Uh, what other destinations are you talking about? Well, uh, for one, we um, we uh, kind of want to uh, uh, we want to go to a mine. Um, Louis getting, getting kind of nervous. <laughs> he's like, he's like looking back and forth between the rest of the party. He's like, yeah, we want to. I have a question. When aren't you nervous? Um, it you know comes and goes in waves, but the baseline is generally just nervous. <laughs> Mm. So, yeah. If there's any way, uh, if there's any way you could take us to uh, the spa, uh, that'd be great. Um, uh, guys, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I lose like crashing and burning. You guys, want to help me out here? So let me get this straight. You want to go to Mindeley, and you also want to go to the Uda Mine yep. and the Paralana Spa. Yep, those are those are all destinations I'd uh, I'd appreciate hitting. Uh, we'd all appreciate hitting, right? Right, guys? Right, right, guys? Yep, that uh, that sounds about right to me. Right on, boozy. Oh god, misery loves company, and I have too much company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, so um, uh, if you could if you could do anything uh like that for us, uh, we would um, we'd be very grateful, very grateful to you. Well, yeah, I can, I can uh, take you to Mindeley and I can take you to Paralana, but why in the ever-loving hell do you want to go to the Utah? Ah, uh, me personally, I, I agree with you. Why would I want to do that? Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's all my, uh, my, my, my friends here would like to go to the Utah, and I'm uh, obliged to them at the moment. So, uh, uh, I actually, um, yeah, I, I, um. Do you want some help? <laughs> I'm just going to give, I'm just going to look at Louie and give him a very long, slow, deliberate nod. <laughs> I, I very quickly nod left to right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> you know what? You guys could help me out at any time here. Louie is very no, obvious. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I think things are going very well in this situation for once it feels good to not feel like the smallest man in the room louis <laughs> <laughs> all, all of a sudden like louis self-esteem has just dropped out of nowhere for seemingly no reason 
Really no reason at all. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I can, uh, I'm willing to take it to the unit, but I could just, I gotta warn you, nothing good has ever come out of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I used to haul supplies and people there and back, and it's just never been, once it closed, it, uh, it was never the same. Orson, I'd just like to note, uh, sort of gives a side eye, uh, maybe a, like a nudge to uh, Henry. And then uh, I'm going to continue. Um, how, how do you mean? It was uh, very sudden. I don't really know what, it, what actually happened, but I arrived to see a desolation. People had broken arms, concussions. Uh, no one no one was willing to go back inside no matter how much they were going to be paid they were even trying to pay me twice as much just to make sure i took them away it was uh quite a mess i don't like i said i really don't know what happened but it was enough to say that uh it's got some uh bad air about it ah yeah um <clears throat> Obviously, I we knew this already, um, but uh, <laughs> believe it or not, um, uh, I and my associates are a company of brave souls. So uh, we um, uh, we would like um, one passageway to the Uta, please. <laughs> well, I, I kind of basically tell them like what our plan is in greater or fewer words, so I, I don't have to keep torturing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he um, he looks at you and, well, I can do that for you. Question is, do you want a bullock dry or do you want camels? Hmm. Great question. Uh, I'm going to turn around. Um, how do you guys feel about camels? I think we're going to go for camels. <laughs> uh, the, I guess if they're like horses... Uh, trust me, they're better than horses. You don't have to really water a camel as much. Perfectly suited to the desert. No, all right. Why not? I I, I think camels sound like a, a a good idea. Um, I'll I'll volunteer to get on one first. Okay. Um. So he goes. He opens up the pan. He's like, Lewis, help me out with the camels, boy." And um. The smaller man now reveals Lewis, nods, and um, they begin saddling up about, let's see, there's five of you. We'll, we'll go with nine camels. That's hmm. a lot of camels. That's a fair amount of camels. Well, you, you, you have more than you need for, like, carrying luggage and, and your stuff. Nice. Now, I know my way around the station pretty well. I can lead you if you'd like. Um, if not, I mean, it's your funeral, but it's up to you, really. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, better safe than sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd agree with that sentiment. All right. Uh, Lewis, make that 10. And uh, they saddle one extra camel. So now I can tell that none of you have ever ridden a camel before. I don't really know myself how to ride camels, so he goes <laughs> he goes through all the ins and out of camel riding that someone with knowledge of how to ride a camel would tell you. And Step one, wrangle camel. <laughs> <laughs> and so you hop on and your caravan sets off. So now the four who went on the plane, you got a very good aerial view of this landscape. 
but you haven't had a good chance to take a view of just going through it. And there's a strange beauty to this desolation. The sun beats down very hard on your brows and your backs, um, but the camels just keep on trucking. A, a couple times along the way, you come across some dry creek beds that uh, you you come to realize that were you in something other than a camel, you feel that you would have gotten stuck and had to really push to get out. Uh, the sun begins to set and um, Ahmed begins to make camp. Uh, he goes out and grabs um, some very dry bush material and kindling and sets up a pretty, pretty good fire for the materials present. You guys can hear like in the distance, this like very subtle but definite like ping um, sound, almost like uh, if you've ever heard a glacier crack mm. or ice cracking on large sheets, kind of sounds like that. Oh, man. I'm going to hug my camel <laughs> as the as the sound happens. <laughs> Just kind of hug it around its neck. Ahmed looks around and kind of, <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. That's just the rocks cooling. The, the what? The rocks cooling. Yeah, the sun bakes them really hot, and then it gets really fucking cold at night. And so the sun, the rocks don't get a chance to really cool down. So you hear all the cracking and whatnot of the rocks uh, cooling off. It's uh, you know, kind of peaceful when you get used to it. Hmm. Yeah, in an eerie, world-ending sort of way. I'm gonna let go of my camel. <laughs> Ahmed yawns. Whoa. I'm going to get some sleep. Earthquake is set for 6.30 in the morning. I'll see you then. And he um, very quickly falls asleep. All right. Uh, Orson will uh, sort of follow suit and uh, go to bed early. Uh, well, I guess I don't know exactly what time it is, but uh, he'll he'll go to bed uh, quite soon after. Um, Louis actually, uh, he kind of finds like a nice little area to lie down, and he actually goes stargazing a bit, um, decompresses from all of the terrible, terrible social interaction. Chuck is gonna find a rock nearby to lean up against, and. Uh, Make sure no one's looking and take out that package again. Open it up and then take a piece out and just pop it in my mouth. Okay. And then as I as I just chew on it, I'm just going to look at the stars and probably drift off. Mm -hmm. For those city folks, this is probably the clearest you have ever seen the night sky. Even though the moon isn't full, it's almost as bright as a full moon. I didn't even consider that. Uh, Orson probably uh, stays up a little while and appreciates it. Um, Henry, make a luck roll for me. Oh, no. Ooh. What? Dun, 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 dun. Please, let something lucky happen to me. Never. <laughs> Please. That's a... Uh, <laughs> That's a 73 over 31. Oh, oh my God. Uh oh. Okay. And uh, eventually you all drift off to sleep again. And um, just like the morning before, you're awoken to the earth shaking beneath your um, sleeping bags. 
as uh, your morning wake-up call goes off, so to speak. And then uh, you, you eat a uh, hearty camp breakfast, saddle back on your camels, who are a little bit jumpy in the morning due to the earthquakes, and um, head off again. The sun is starting to get pretty low, uh, decently low in the sky, and uh, you can see tops of four palm trees in the distance. Ahmed turns around and says, There's the uh, homestead. If we're lucky, Sharon might have uh, some scones already cooked for us by the time we get there. That sounds uh, quite delicious. Yeah. My uh, stomach is uh, <laughs> my stomach is uh, rumbling. Yeah, not everyone's made for the uh, <laughs> the uh, South Australian outback trails. I I tell you, <laughs> like who? <laughs> you just kind of laugh. Oh, I don't want to name names, but uh... <laughs> and eventually, as you guys get closer, you can start hearing a deep, distant like chugging sound, um, which you would know as like a generator. And after a good hour or so so it's about seven o'clock at this point you find your way to a large circular driveway in front of a wide flat building a single story building made of uh, stone um, it's topped with a slate roof tile all the windows are shuttered at the moment and the wide verandas are surround each side of it uh, everywhere around you is red brown dust, spinifex, tussocks, uh, twisted gum trees, and salt bush. And you actually, uh, there's an impeccably manicured lawn in front of this building as well. Hmm. Um, with croquet ho- hoops, uh, ro- with roses and lavenders, and probably the most green you've seen around here for miles. Well, uh, that's refreshing. <laughs> Makes you want to take a picture. Ahmed dismounts his camel and um, already leaving, um, exiting the house is a uh, uh, a shorter woman. She's very pale in complexion. Her face and arm tell of years of working at the station. She waves over and, hello there, travelers. Come, come in, come in. You must be hungry. I've got fresh scones ready for you. Oh, the scones? Oh, oh yeah, it's all coming together. Can't say no to scones. <laughs> I, why don't I just take your voice? <laughs> um, and she welcomes you in. Um, she got, she says, the name's Sharon, Sharon McEwen. Uh, my husband Keith is out working with the uh, Jackaroos. He'll be inside in a minute. The inside is fur- furnished with 18th and 19th century class, teak and oak furniture, lace curtains, fine china and linen. Um, the dining room she leads you to is, is uh, seats up to 20 at this huge oak table and around there are portraits of the current owner's ancestors all dressed in traditional Scottish clothing um, there is a grand piano that stands in the corner of the formal lounge room accompanied with a massive set of antlers and she leads you into a uh, the main uh, dining hall and there is indeed a big old plate of scones I'm gonna help myself to them scones me too me three. I'm I'm actually kind of <laughs> um uh Louis kind of like uh social social senses are kicking in be, uh, be them good or bad and, and he's kind of curious of the stones so he kind of like 
picks one up and tests it's like if it's hard <laughs> oh it's very fresh Ooh. uh can i roll for cthulhu mythos on the scones <laughs> <laughs> she plops down in one of the em- um empty chairs and like so where might you be from where are you going what brings you to Mindalee? Well, uh, mo- most of us are from the States, uh, with the exception of, uh, I think, just one. Ah, I look away again as if that was an implication to me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what brings you here to Mindalee? Well, uh, we are, we're here for a variety of different things, but all in the, uh, the same area. Uh, that one over there is looking for something called a, a devil sheep, and uh, I'm studying the weather, and uh, some of the others are going to a spa. I see. Quite a myriad of reasons. Yes, and uh, indeed. Um, have you ever, uh, <clears throat> have you ever heard of something called that the, the, the devil sheep around here? I, some of the jackaroos uh, have been whispering about such things, but We've seen nothing. Um, we just take it a uh, bit of the heat you get into them. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, it's a large country. Um, yeah. Yes, hopefully. Hi. Hmm. Louis got discouraged. <laughs> what have you, uh, what have you heard about the, uh, the you to mine? Oh, um, not good things, really. Um, some of our workers, some of the jackaroos have... Uh, leftover miners from that situation. Uh, they don't tell good stories. Hmm. Great. Uh, what's the best way to get there? <laughs> well, probably the way you came. Camel. Uh, there's not really much of a trail out here, but if you go about northeast, northwest, sorry, that should uh, lead you there around, around about. Great. Uh, what about this, uh, what about the Perlana Spa? I've heard some good things about it. It mostly services, uh, veterans of the Great War. Uh, my husband, Keith, he served, uh, served in the Somme. And, uh, a lot of our jackaroos and the station hands are, um, members of his same battalion. So, a couple of them have to- have came back and with, um, positive stories. Yes, I, I don't think I've even gotten a story from the rest of you. What's the, uh, what's, the, why are we going to the spa anyway? Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna say it. Uh, it was, um, we're, we're, we're here for an arche- archaeological study. Wait, we are? <laughs> what? <laughs> News to me. I don't trust a single thing this man says when it comes to purpose, names, locations. Anything, really. <laughs> Anything, really. Uh, yeah, it was um, recommended to us by um, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Bertrand, who lost an arm but went to the spa and has now two arms again. So that oh, was really that was a uh, pretty neat. I don't know. Pretty weird. And uh, I guess we're out here to see how uh, that happened. Yeah, some archaeology. <laughs> some archaeology, exactly. Why, why, why do I? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
your reasons are certainly different. But please, um, enjoy your stay at the station. It's not often we get uh, visitors as yourself. We have a couple rooms in this house. Uh, I think enough for all of you. Feel free to take a walk around the uh, homestead. The area is open if you want to go for a walk. <laughs> and um, she looks out the window and, oh, I better go see what that is. And then she hurries out. Um, I would like, or Orson would like, to uh, kind of uh, go outside and take notes on what the weather is like, what the wind is, and just various details. Uh, and he's he wants to he's writing it down all in this notebook that's filled with scribbles of equations and uh, various mathematical fragments and he's trying to fit in different details and is very confounded by uh, how it's all not fitting together. Okay. So for the most part here, um, your time in Australia has just been sun, bit of wind, hot. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, he uh, he keeps referring back to like this one spot in the equation where he just can't figure out what it is and it has to do with the uh, the fog that he encountered at the uh, uh, Miskatonic. Mm-hmm. He just can't figure it out and it's it's making him quite uh, not angry but uh, annoyed. Okay. Anything else you guys are doing real quick? Um, I'm going to set up my camera get a picture of the homestead just kind of the surrounding area. If no one else is uh, going to do it, I, I'm going to uh, just kind of do a... I'd like to make a spot hidden roll at just kind of as I'm... Uh, as everything's going on, walking through the house, uh, trying to notice anything. Uh, just because I, I, I notice Henry is a little bit anxious at everything, and I'm trying to be a good uh, colleague and friend and uh, dispel any nervousness okay uh so yeah i guess make a uh, spot hidden roll okay uh that is a regular success 47 under 75 okay um nothing really strikes you out of the ordinary um probably the only weirdest the weirdest thing in here would be the giant rack of antlers but other than that, it just seems normal. Okay. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go talk with the lady uh, who made the those uh, scones and purchase a couple for the road, and uh, also uh, see if she's got a bit of salt that I can purchase. Also. Well, I mean, I could probably just give you a wee bag of salt to take on the road with you, but I don't know what you need it for. Yeah, how much would that be? I, I don't know. Uh, none, really. It's just oh. salt. Thank you very much. Uh, and I don't know. I'll just leave a pound because I feel like I need to leave something. Capitalism, am I right? Mm-hmm. So you guys are um, going about your business. And then the night is suddenly shattered by screams and bleating and commotion coming from the shearing sheds nearby. Hmm. 
And these sound these sound like horrified screams. Human screams? Human screams, yes. Um Henry is going to run toward the sound of the screaming, uh gun brandished full sprint. Okay. Uh, by instinct, Chuck is uh, gonna like grab his gun and uh, analyze the area and then follow suit. Uh, Orson will follow at a, a good distance. Louis is gonna grab his camera. He's gonna see if he can't get on the roof of the building. Okay. Make a luck roll for me. Um, okay. I, I, uh, a luck roll? Yeah. Gotcha. I will say the um the shearing station is a good ways away from the main, the main homestead. That's a uh, 57 over 55. Okay. There's not a ladder and none of the trees are close enough to really give you a good grip to get onto the roof. Um so if you wanted to get on there you'd have to make a climb roll or just a regular strength roll. Um can I make a climb roll? Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see here. It's a 27 under 70. Okay. You manage to uh, sling your camera over your back and grapple up onto the building. So those of you running towards the noise, that was Henry, Orson, Chuck, and uh, Travis, were you going there as well? Yes, I was. But I'm very far behind because they are running exactly twice as fast as I am. All right. So you guys hear just commotion as you get closer. There's barking. There's men screaming. There is a strange noise that you can't quite put to place when suddenly something bursts out of the uh, the shed. Part of it looks like a sheep, like portions of wool, a sheep-like face, but the other part is the upper torso of a man. The bottom is the feet of a rabbit and keeps shifting and changing. And these black alien eyes start appearing across its form. Um, and it looks at you. And I would like everyone who sees it to make a sanity roll. For yes. Fuck. I've been waiting for this moment. Is Travis close enough to see it? Yes. Okay. I've been oh. waiting so long. Oh. oh. Sorry, what are we rolling for again? Sanity. Sanity. I actually um. pass. Oh, <gasps> the one. Henry. A one? I, roll, I rolled a one. <laughs> Dude. I actually got a good sanity roll when wow. I don't want them anymore. <laughs> I, I'd wager I made the worst roll here. Uh, why don't you guys say your numbers first? I got a, I got a 12. Under 37. Uh, 41 under 55. Uh, 61 over 41. 92 over 50. Whew. All right. So those who failed, Orson, or Orson and Chuck, you lose a D20. Oh, my what? gosh. You're kidding no. me. Oh, my. I got Dude. a D20. Oh, my God. Uh, Orson, you lose 13. Oh my Chuck, gosh. you lose 20. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. 
I lose 20 or I lose a d20? You lose 20 sanity. Fuck, that could have been dude. me. Um, Henry, um, of those who succeeded, you guys still lose a d6. Oh, wow. I am down to 28 sanity. Henry, you lose five. Um, Travis, you lose one. And uh, Louis, you lose three. Oh, my God. So, Orson, the three of you do need to make an intelligence roll for me. Oh, no. Okay. The three of us who succeeded? Who took more than five. Who took more than five? Five or more. Five, five or more. more. Okay, five or more. Okay. I got a 64 over 60. I got a 64 under 80. Uh, 55 under 60. Okay, Orson, you are rattled. Um, so you're not going to have a, in, a permanent effect. However, you see this and you freeze. Every muscle in your body just screams to move, but you can't move at all. Chuck, you see this and your mind just breaks. You uh, drop to your knees and you start laughing and crying and screaming and just grabbing your head as you're trying to make sense of what you're seeing. You know that it, it's real and you know that it makes it can make sense, but you can't make sense of it. And from here on out, if you survive this journey, you will never be sure that anything you anyone you see or anything around you is exactly what it seems. Oh. Dang. And uh, Henry, without you realizing it, your gun just discharged. Make a luck roll for me. <laughs> He's about to shoot another guy. No, every time. Almost every time. That's a, that's a 48 over 31. Mm. All right. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. Roll damage for me. Oh, no. Boom, boom, boom. That is seven damage. Dang. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Holy shit. Oh, no. Um, Dude, if if this hits me, oh, that's a major wound. That's that's putting me out, man. <laughs> oh, no. Give me a sec. I'm the easy target, too. I'm standing still. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big guy. I'm a really easy target. Let me, let me roll for it. Oh um, gosh, it all comes full circle in the end. Haha, jokes on you guys. I'm I'm the small target. Uh, above a fifty is Orson. Below a fifty is <sighs> Chuck. Oh god. While you are standing there, oh, no. <laughs> you feel a sharp pain. No! In your left shoulder. And it hurts bad. Real bad. But you can't move. No! You can't see oh. what is it, what is attacking you. What is what caused that? But you can feel this warm liquid pouring down your back. Oh man. That was seven damage. Seven damage. Oh, I'm at two. Oh! 
my gosh. <laughs> uh, so that's a major wound. You need to make a constitution roll for me. Okay. Luckily, that's one of my worst stats. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, okay. That's an 84 over 35. <laughs> Holy moly. You black out. Oh, fuck. Travis, uh, Louie. Let's, let's go with Louie. I haven't asked you what you're doing. What do you do when you see this thing? You only lost three sanity, but what do you do? Um, uh, in Louie, uh, so, okay, so as soon as, like, the noise happened, Louie kind of went into, like, photographer mode. And, um, uh, Louie, first thing he wants to do is Lee wants to take a picture of this. Do I have the time to do that? Yeah. All right. Um, first things first, Louis is going to angle the camera with the flash on at the monster. Um, and he's going to take a picture. Okay. You, the flash goes off. The thing sees it and it kind of utters this weird for weird mixture of bleating and like a human scream and it starts booking it in the other direction. Oh, um, Henry, by the way, Travis, what about you? Uh, Travis just stands there watching, watching Orson fall to the ground, completely almost lifeless. It, Travis doesn't know what to do. Should I make another sanity roll? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, he's not dead. Uh, but this thing, its form is still shifting. Part of it still looks like a sheep, but like bits of dog or some unspeakable thing just kind of appear as it, it just seems to be running away at the moment. Travis is gonna pull out. Uh, actually, how how far away is the 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 creature from Travis? I'd say it's a good twenty yards. All right, never mind then. <laughs> Anyone else? I'm I'm still racking my brain on the ground here, so no. I'm uh I'm out of commission for now. Yeah. Um I'm gonna get off the roof. Um and I'm gonna go grab my Lee Enfield for my room. Okay. And Travis, you watch as Henry charges forward towards the thing. As it's still making its way away from you. And Henry pulls out his gun again and fires. Uh Henry, make a uh, firearms roll for me. Okay. 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 That's a 25 under 40. All right. You hit the thing and you hit it good. Mm. Roll damage for me. That is a five. Okay. Noted. I'm in danger. The thing runs for another couple yards and then almost seems to melt away and drop into a crack in the ground and just as quickly as it started it's over how long was this like uh just just for a frame of reference like this whole ordeal 
little under a minute. After um, a few seconds of just stillness, once um, once Travis has fully realized that everything is calm now, I'm immediately going to run over to Orson and try to administer some first aid. Okay. And Henry, uh, you suddenly find yourself not where you were when you saw it. Uh, You find yourself a good 30 yards away. Um, Your gun is in your hand. Um, Two bullets have been discharged, and it's still um, hot to the touch. So I was unaware of that moment. Correct. I I was unaware of the fact that I shot Orson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm take a look around and see like what's happening around me, and I'm gonna probably notice Orson and then run over to help him. Okay, uh, Chuck, you are still screaming and laughing and crying and you know the works and uh you see sharon come running out of the um running out of the house and a man comes running out who louie you recognize as um keith McEwen, and um they run up to orson what are the rest of y'all doing uh obviously chuck you're screaming ah. uh henry and, uh, travis roll first aid Okay. Um, where is my skill? There it is. That is a. That is a sixteen under fifty, a hard success. Okay. So without thinking, you just kind of tear a uh, some cloth from your shirt and just wrap it around his shoulder, um, tightening it as um, Keith. Uh, points to his wife and says, get back in the house and grab the first aid kit right now. And she dashes towards the house. Uh, Louie, what about you? Uh, I have my rifle now, correct? Correct. Um, I see the first aid's kind of under control, so I'm going to kind of run to where the, the the monster went and see if I can't like eyeball like it, it, it on the horizon. Okay. Uh, make a spot hidden roll for me then. Gotcha. Um, so that's going to be a 27 under 80. Okay. So, oh, that's a hard success. Yep. As far as you can tell, it's gone. It just kind of seemed to vanish, almost. Damn. And you believe indeed that you may have found the devil sheep. And that is where we'll end for tonight. Thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. 
Join us next time for part four of Long Way From Home. The Doctor is in. Find us on Facebook at Tales from the Orn Library or follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Orn Library Pod. Additionally, you can visit our website at talesfromtheornlibrary.com where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And until next time, remember, the library is always open. Thank you.